Today we are discussing episode six. Uh, we're going to start where we usually do with Liz and Max. Um, considering how much I actively dislike them this season, it angers me how soft they are and how much I love that. Like that scene on the porch at Max's house was just so cute. And even though I, I really don't like the direction they've been going in this season, that was really cute and it made me mad. I, I just have no opinion because most of my anger is going to be reserved for the final scenes of this episode. So like everything before then is just a big eye roll, you know, like, I don't know who they are. They're this like schmaltzy, where's the depth of this relationship? Why is it all cutesy all of a sudden, all the time? I don't know. It's just, it's, they're so sweet that it makes my teeth hurt like all the time. And I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what to do with them. Neither one of them are themselves, as we said, every episode. So it doesn't feel like Liz and Max. Yeah, I think Amanda and I talked about it um, in our last recap um, that they're either super cute and super cheesy or they're fighting this season. And there's no in between. And it's in one episode you get both you get you get the fight and you get the resolution so i hope after this episode um there's a bit of a spoiler for the um promo for next episode um i i hope we'll get an actual fight that lasts more Just than let like me half an tell episode you what if my man knowingly went I'm skipping ahead. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) My man knowingly went and kissed another woman. Obviously, it wasn't about the kiss. Obviously, it was about the powers and all that. I don't know. Something about that does not sit right with me. I would lose my shit if I were Liz. Lose my shit if you're supposed to build a life with someone. And that's what Max is all about, right? Wanting to propose and get married and do all that. And then you do shit like this behind your back. Nope. And that kind of leads into the next topic I have on the outline here, because not only would, should Liz have a problem with that, but also we need to take a moment here and talk about Max's temper and the fact that he feels free to lose it on literally everyone. You know, he's, he did it. He did that awful scene with Anatza, you know, and he, if, if my partner had talked to me the way he talked to Liz in that last scene, I would have lost, I would have lost it. And I can't believe that Liz didn't call him out on it. Like you don't talk to people the way that Max talked to people throughout this episode, throughout the season. It's like, he's gone backwards from any kind of progress. And sometimes Liz reminds me of those women who, Sometimes this season, sure, like when, when women who have really, really low self-esteem get in a relationship with someone, they 
don't want to rock the boat, right? Because they're afraid that person's going to like leave them or not love them anymore. And that's the vibe that I get sometimes with Liz. I'm like, oh, what planet are we on? That first of all, obviously Max is desperately in love with you. Uh, love you. Uh, love with you enough to go and make life altering decisions and kiss other women, but whatever. But, you know, it's just, it's that, that's the part of Liz that is driving me the most insane that we've sort of talked about before. But I, and, and as you said, Mick, I hope that this is like the kick in the butt where we actually have a fight. We actually have a discussion about things now. Like this is more, this is serious shit now. Yeah. And I feel like Max has had like, anger management issues since day one and I think it was more of a a thing in season one like I think the show made it a thing in season one and it was discussed and it was discussed that he didn't know how to control his powers when he was angry and all of that and I feel like by season four we should have moved past that or at least acknowledge it more and acknowledge the fact that we're now however many years into this show in the show's timeline and his character like his um yeah his character hasn't changed in that regard you know what I mean it 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 really hasn't he hasn't really um decided to like I don't know get therapy get help for this issue you know which is something that even if you don't address the power side of it you know his power is going awry when he's angry just address like the human side of it you cannot manage your anger well and I wonder if we're starting if we if we feel continuously like this with multiple characters, I'm wondering if it is related to sort of the writers and, and Karina's lack of involvement involvement with this season. This is the very first one where she's completely hands-off and not involved at all. And it's not like other people can't know these characters. That's not what I mean. But I sort of wonder if it feels like we're sort of restarting the series in some ways. We're, we're reverting back to season one traits of these characters that I thought we had sort of either moved past on screen or never addressed on screen but we had moved past anyway it was just you know what I mean like I had I didn't really think Max's temper was as prevalent in the in season two and three as it is now and as it was in season one so it just feels and and I feel that same way about Michael in some ways like we're we're back to season one but not the good parts of season one that's what drives me insane right like not the magic of season one but the like bad characterization parts of season one well and the way that max has been acting season i mean i know tesca is supposed to be like the big bad or whatever but it comes off as are we building up to max being a villain because it just it doesn't it doesn't vibe with the max that they're trying to show now like if you want Max to be focused on having, you know, a peaceful life with Liz and also he has learned by now that you don't keep secrets from each other, that you don't lash out in anger, that you don't make these life altering decisions by yourself. I mean, he's, he's had that proven to him over and over again. And if, like you said, it feels like we're back at square one.
So let's talk about um, Shivani. And I guess we have a name for her company now, Senovative. Is this like new deep science? So stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Okay, clearly, uh, clearly it's supposed to be innovative. Okay. We just, you know, sometimes this show and naming things, I'm like, okay, this is the most dramatic show I've ever watched in my life. But I'm assuming it's supposed to be like a new Deep Sky. If we, if Deep Sky was never Deep Sky, so I don't know anymore if it's supposed to be what Deep Sky was. Um, you know, we're still unclear about Shivani's motives entirely, but I do want to point out that her comment in that conversation with Liz about putting a Band-Aid over a gaping wound, just like perfectly encapsulated what's been going on with Echo this season. Oh, absolutely. Like the entire proposal, their whole thing, Liz sort of living in this fantasy world about what they can have together. That's a great, great metaphor. Um, And then that scene towards the end with, or I think it was the end, with um, Shivani and Allie's daughters. So she has her own little pod. um, And and you talk about the regenerative, regenerative stuff, you know, science stuff that none of us understand. Um, for some reason, it made me go back and I'm wondering if this tie, will tie into whatever Liz came up with back in season two for Steph, because she fixed Steph. I'm just waiting. Yeah, I'm waiting for that inappropriate Liz who just like fixes people, you know, without permission or just sort of barges forward without a whole lot of, you know what I mean? Like I'm waiting for that part of it. I'm assuming their daughter has something to do with that. I think technically Shivani has asked for it this time around, you know, not her daughter, but Shivani is that brought Liz in specifically for this. So I mean, what, at least it's a, it would be her job to do right. it. I guess. And what a wild thing that they built up the old Liz coming back and she hasn't been back yet. We're six, we're six episodes in and they're just, they keep building it up, building it up. I, I just, I'm sure it's, it's going to come to some big reveal, you know, but it was very strange. We've waited a very long time. I feel like we got the closest to it this episode so far. So there were, there were old Liz moments in this episode. Um, no, I mean, literally, the actress, old Liz, like, like I'm oh, talking about, OG Liz. <laughs> yeah, like OG Liz coming back, like oh, the actress, yeah, no, the actress, sure. Cherry Appleby or whatever. I'm talking about literally seeing her back, you know, they built her up so much in the finale and we haven't seen her yet. Gotcha. I understand now. No, I have a note in my thing that just says, stop teasing me about Allie, like, right, I mean, that- I didn't realize, I guess I just assumed we would get to know her more. You know, we've spent so much time with her wife that I wasn't expecting, which is not a bad thing necessarily. I don't know, but. Um, Yeah, I'm still thinking all of this stuff that has to do with her and her wife, like the both of them is just, is this a red flag? Should I be concerned about this? Are we, you know, getting answers anytime soon? I don't know. Never. Only questions, I, never answers. Never. Only questions. And I kind of am suspicious now that maybe Shivani and Ali aren't as estranged as Shivani makes it out to be. Like this seems very calculated that, you know, Ali was Liz's mentor and now Shivani just happens to seek out 
Liz and knows about alien stuff and I, blah, blah, blah. I, I very much hope Shivani's not like evil because we don't need that mm-hmm. again. But I do think she's not who she says she is in terms of kind of what she's looking for, why she's there. Um, and it might be her like ways, you know, desperate attempt to save her daughter or whatever. But I do think that she's kind of at the center of all of it. All right, we're going to talk about Max, excuse me, specifically some more a little bit later, but do we have anything else to say about Liz and Max in this episode? All right, let's move on to uh, Michael and Maria in Dallas. Um, Michael's illness, which has taken away his powers, um, are going to jump to Max real quick for one second because I raged when he made fun of Michael and called him an infant because he apparently has like every illness known to man and he's never been sick before. Of course, he's, you know, he doesn't know what this feels like. I have to say, I'm pretty sure that Mick and I are to blame for this because we spent so much time last episode talking about what a great Max and Michael scene that we got in the last episode that I'm pretty sure we cursed this and made the existence of that happen so um, i very much apologize because we we just had a moment where max and michael were really like sort of bonded and it was a great conversation and then max's absolute asshole personality shined through again max you've never been you've been dead but you haven't been sick you don't know what it's like and also this is way too deep for roswell but we're in the middle of a pandemic and you want to make fun of the character who is I'm very glad they didn't, but they could have said had COVID, you know, whatever. And just sort of that weird vibe. Like, let's not make fun of sick people. I don't know. Just like on a daily basis. So it's just Max's like, every once in a while, that sort of John Wayne masculinity bullshit, like, shines through. And we don't need that shit. It's 2022. Yeah, I mean... Was Michael absolutely like dramatic and over the top with his? Of course, he's never been sick. Sure, yeah, it's his right. I mean, you know, I I think they did play a little bit, you know, as they set up this those scenes and like the lines that he had, they played a little a little bit into the stereotype that like men are. Which are is, whiny oh, when they're sick. which is insane to me um but also at the same time like you said he's never been sick so he doesn't know what to act at the same time he's lost his powers alex so isn't probably, there alex, alex isn't, isn't there. there like there's there's and i'm sorry more aliens like there's so much that must be going on in his head and again, I think is so, allowed to whine a little bit. And it's so much deeper than Roswell will ever get. But you're you're used to getting sick as a child and periodically sick throughout your childhood. And as you grow up, so you get sort of used to these things. If you've never experienced that and you're 30 years old or however old he is, 30 something, then what a, it was a weird choice to make it almost comical. I'm like, I don't know if comical was what we were going for because... Yeah, I know they were trying to play off Max's line as a joke, but it doesn't it doesn't land right in this um, in these circumstances because this is something totally new. And like Max shouldn't be making jokes. He should be very concerned because none of them have ever been sick. So what does this mean, you know, for him, for Isabel, for Dallas, for all of them? 
And instead he's going to sit there and make fun of Michael. It just doesn't track. Yeah. And I think, uh, again, it plays into what I think was a big thing in season one of, and my always a joke and he's always like they downplay his like what happens to him as like even the fact that he loses his powers like sure yeah it's like they don't really like he says stuff that you're like yeah yeah that that makes sense and everyone else around him is like yeah sure he's lost his powers it's michael it'll be fine when are we going to like give the like proper weight to what happens to michael are we ever going to do that like as a show as writers on the show because imagine the big deal they're going to make out of max not having power yeah like imagine the next couple of episodes or however long it happens or whatever it's going to be this big dramatic who am I without my powers and have it, you know, like, oh, woe is Max when he chose to do it. When once again, something Michael valued or something that was important to Michael was taken from him or altered in him without having the choice to do it. Once again, consent doesn't matter when we're talking about Michael Guerin and they're going to play it off as like, hey, hey, he has a man cold. <laughs> Yeah, and again, I have to say, like, even if the show later is like, no, we weren't serious about this, or like, we don't care what Michael said, I am glad that Michael had some lines, like he did have a line about consent and Bonnie not asking him or whatever. Um, He did have a line about, um, what was it? Um, Like, who am I without my powers? Was like, I... I can't remember the word he uses, but like something and that he acknowledged it. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Like that is kind of undone with his powers, you know, which will be an interesting conversation, I think, going forward. Of, and I think Sarah, you had this in the outline of who Michael and who the aliens are without their powers. And, you know, your powers are not your whole you know, personality or your whole being, uh, which is an interesting conversation. And I think Maria has it with them. I don't want to say dumb stuff, but like, I think Maria, he has the conversation with Maria in this episode. But at the same time, like he's the one that has been most connected to his powers throughout the show. So like having him and again, like you do this to a queer character, a character whose disability you've already erased. Like, how much more do we want to take from Michael? Well, and because so much of his personality was rooted in finding home and finding himself and and finding his roots. And part of that is always going to be tied to his powers and, and, and learning who he came from and what that means and what he's able to do. We just had such a growth of him figuring those things out. Uh, you know, I personally don't think that their powers are going to be gone forever. I don't, I think that that would be quite silly, but I do think it's going to be probably a, a majority of the final episodes. And it's just how many more forced, like, I don't know, like 
moments like this are Michael going to have to have, right? Like Max got to make that choice and, and, and made that choice going full speed ahead, knowing that it was going to end in this sort of chaos with Liz. But once again, Michael didn't have that choice. And now we are we do we going to get any, you know, fallback from that? Probably not. Yeah, I um, I just wonder how many times we're going to re-traumatize Michael and not acknowledge it. And, you know, Michael was the most comfortable with, with a lot of the aspects of who he was. Like he, he's always been the most comfortable with his powers. He's always seemed to be the most comfortable with being an alien. And um, to take that away from him is, with, and again, without his consent, you know, I think we'll as a group always go back to Max healing his hand and taking that that decision away from him and we're just visiting that again and it's if there's if there's not a fallout from this like there wasn't a fallout with the hand I just give up (laughs) I'll almost be glad the show is ending yeah I mean there kind of is like he has a conversation with Bonnie about it and I just remember he says specifically you've erased me um which I think is a great, like, it's a great line for, for Michael specifically to have. And obviously it's not true. Obviously that he has other things about his personality and about himself that make him. And obviously his powers are not all of them. But and I, I understand why he feels like that. And I, well, I, of course. I am glad that he got to have... She did erase him, though. She did yeah, take... Yeah, she yeah. Did, yeah. I a mean, part I, of him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she did. But I mean, I, I don't think... I think that that's right. And I think that he has every... I'm glad that he got to say those things to Bonnie. That's really not the point mm-hmm. though. Like I'm glad he got to, it's the fact that the show's doing it to him again, regardless yeah. of whether, you know, like being able to acknowledge it. I'm very glad he got to say, I've probably never been angrier at a character than I was at Bonnie in this episode mm-hmm. for multiple reasons. And that was probably the number one. It didn't make any sense what she was talking about. You don't get to make choices for other people's bodies and their existences like that. I'm glad that he got to confront her. But I think I'm just, I was just always going to be a little bit disappointed that this is, it's again, it's Michael again that has to deal with it. And so, you know, he he does get erased by lots of people over and over again. Yeah. I think, you know, when Sarah compared it to like the the hand kneeling, I think it just like, personally, the fact that we never got a resolution, like even a conversation about that with Max and Michael, um, this episode felt a little different because we did have like that conversation with Michael and Bonnie in, like immediately after we. I mean, the, I guess if it, it, right. It's still a consent issue, regardless. Yeah. You know, him getting to say something about it is great. That is wonderful, yeah. but it is still sort of a, a, a bodily. I mean, a kiss. That is yeah, yeah, invasive in a way that even Max wasn't. I mean, that's mm-hmm. very invasive, and so it's just, it's just to me, it's even creepier the way that Bonnie did it um but yeah I mean at least he got to say something to her yeah well and when I say fallout from it that I want to see fallout from it I mean next episode I don't want Michael to be like oh I lost my you know I want there to be like repercussions for this in the in the narrative And, and I and I hope there will be um especially once he realizes that something has happened to Alex 
I'm just calling it now that the focus is going to be on Max is losing his abilities. I'm sure it will be. But anyway, (laughs) something positive that I did like for Michael's storyline is the Michael and Maria friendship. Like this is the friendship that I've missed, Um, you know, because she can kind of give it back when he's, you know, being sarcastic or an asshole or whatever. And I liked to see her, you know, trying to help take care of him. And uh, that conversation they had at the end of the episode where they were talking about their, their lack of powers, like this is the friendship that I wanted back. And I'm, and I'm super glad to see it in this episode. I mean, it was the most obvious, you know, result of him losing losing his powers was to get a little bit closer to Maria. I'm sure to the chagrin of many people in this fandom, but it was it's a good thing for Michael. I mean he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have Alex and has yet to start really panicking about Alex. But he, you know, he doesn't have Max because Max is an asshole and Isabel's off doing Isabel things. So it's like I'm glad that he has someone. I'm glad he has someone looking out for him. And, and, and I like that it's Maria. I love their dynamic. When you don't make it weird, it's a great dynamic. Yeah, because there were, there were no like romantic vibes going on in their scenes in this episode. And that's what, you know, it shows how far they've come. And it was, it was just really nice to see Michael talk to someone that wasn't Alex or Isabel. And kind of be a little vulnerable and open with somebody that knows him really well like they did date for like what a year so she knows him yeah uh, I've really missed this dynamic I think we all thought that we're going back to to it a little sooner and last season we got a lot of awkwardness which after the time jump didn't really make sense um so this is the Michael and Maria dynamic that I like um they really get each other. They're still like their own snarky selves, but um, it, it's fun to watch. And and I think at this point, like you both mentioned, they are like they have so much in common. Like at this point, really, it makes so much sense to have them together. And I do like um, Maria. I, I guess acknowledging Michael and Alex's relationship, like she calls Alex. I did laugh at the fact that like she's like if you don't have like if your phone isn't in any like signal or anything and like is this is this the, the excuse that we're gonna use <laughs> like they didn't yeah, notice that sure it was off because, because of, there was no signal <laughs> sure but also, if you thought you didn't have a signal, calling him wouldn't do much, but whatever. It's fine. Yeah. But I think I mean, that's, I don't know, at one point in time, someone's going to realize that this isn't making sense with Alex, but I thought this would be the episode. It has to be, like, the next episode or the one after that. We've like, been saying this for three longer. episodes. We've been saying for three episodes. It's episode six. <laughs> we have seven more. <laughs> if it's three episodes from now, I mean, what are we going to It's, anyway. I do think, I do think, I think people pointed this out that Michael is wearing the necklace in the next episode. So he should be wearing it all the time, but it's fine. Yeah, but he's dumb. 
he make like he made a necklace for Alex to notice when stuff is going wrong, and then he's not wearing it. Typical Michael. I just don't understand. What Wait. an idiot! All right, so let's talk about um, Dallas and Michael and Maria and all their stuff. We have Ghost Mimi apparently, which sure now now we've got ghosts. Where did that come from? What? Why would something fall and then Maria be like? <gasps> Mom was trying to communicate with me. It was because she was looking for that other spice and she couldn't remember what it was. And then the paprika fell off the counter and then that can't fell down. I mean, yeah, that's weird. But like, it's just, it's funny to me that that's where their mind went. Like her mind went immediately because my mind, I was nowhere near that. Like when she said, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's just, it was just the funniest thing. Like, oh, mom. Okay. I think she's trying to rationalize it i don't i don't necessarily think that it's actually mimi's ghost um i think it's probably more of maria has some powers left and that was like a subconscious um but i think she's trying to find a way to be close to her mom and her thinking that she's lost her powers and she can see her in the visions so so she goes sure I'll contact her because I mean she's a a medium or something like that. So sure, sure. We were missing ghosts, so sure. I mean, we had that that weird um, horror movie episode. Like, let's just have random, you know, ghosts. Let's do vampires next. Why not? I don't think we should talk about that. So anyway, keep going. <laughs> um. So I do like. The, the little trio of Dallas and Michael and Maria. Um, super fun, super pretty. God, Roswell, Roswell loves a trio. In any form or fashion, Jesus Christ, they love a trio. We get it. I love them too. I think they're great. I think they're all their dynamic, very like weirdly siblings, even though, you know, Michael and Maria, but, but you know, I think uh, can understand each other in a way that other people cannot you know and i think i think it i think it warms my heart how close dallas has gotten to everyone in such a relatively short period of time like everyone sort of brought him in and he fits so well and i wish he'd been there from like day one um because i would have loved to see yeah i wish i would have loved to see dallas with you know more more going on or even you know romantic relationship or a casual thing or something but you know, I don't know how much more time we're gonna be able to really devote. I don't know. Like, I don't have any idea of what's happening about his dad. I'm so lost that it's not even funny. But I, just any chance I get to have him in scenes, I'm fine with. I uh, <clears throat> I still think that that they're half siblings. I think that Theo is Maria's dad. The fact that we haven't seen Maria's dad's face I, makes it fairly obvious at this point. Um. And I, I'm okay with it, but um, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's worse, right? Like, or what's weirder to just make the only black characters related, or you know what I mean? Like, something about it just feels lazy, even lazier than make you know, more a step beyond just everyone's related. I don't know. I get, I just, I get this idea that if you make them related, like, Maria has some family like not not that you know she has Isabel and and everybody I'm sure she considers them family but you know Maria with Mimi gone Maria doesn't have like 
Well, yeah, I mean, Dallas doesn't have family. You know, I mean, there's lots of lots of them don't have family. I don't know. I I would not want them to be siblings. I think that 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 I think that implies that now you have to have some sort of relationship. Whereas when it's a found family, and and you're just close because you just enjoy being around one another. Like I I love Maria and Isabel, but I'm, it's always like. You know, do they get along now because they want to get along and they genuinely love one another or because they know that they're related in some, some, you know, somehow. So it's just, I mean, it's fine. I'm not going to rage at the show if they end up being related, but it's weird. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with Amanda. I think at this point in the show specifically, it's just like a cheap this decision to make. Um, you've had so many, like, secret siblings and stuff like that it's like oh everyone like come on like think of something else um I do agree with Sarah that I think they are alpha related and that um Theo is Maria's dad I have no idea how to actually like make it make sense in the timeline of of the show because first last season correct me if I'm wrong but we thought that Theo died in the crash or like right about uh, around that time then we find out that he was alive in 47 and he lived for some time on earth but to be maria's dad he would have had to be alive and in around his age yeah yeah in the 80s so it's like <laughs> what is going on like he's he maybe had a, other children and i don't know also in the last recap, I, I did talk about this and say maybe that's how Maria got her powers because I completely forgot that um, Bronson is related to Maria and that's how right. the DeLuca line had powers. I completely forgot about that. And I think they talk about it. See, um, that's kind of what I mean, though. Of- like, it's turned it into every Black character we see. Yeah has become sort of someone that's related to Maria. And I don't know, there's something about it. That's what, that's what I mean. Cause when you bring Bronson up, that that's where it feels weird, right? Like, I don't know. I do want to take a minute and shout out to Shauna because we've got the Trinity. We've got a Bible. The Bible contains the answers. This whole show is a religious metaphor. And she's the one who pointed it out to us. Am I the only one who found it weird that Dallas wasn't overly familiar with the Bible. Uh, a preacher? No, right. that's not that's not weird. But like, it, like I, there's something to be said for. Do I think every preacher understands or lives by the Bible? No, but I think when you're a preacher and seem to be a full, you know, in your faith the way that Dallas was, I think he would kind of know the Bible. Yeah. Right. One would think. I'm sure when maybe. Max will know the answers since he's read all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. All right. Do we have anything else to talk about with Dallas and Michael and Maria? All right. Let's move on to all the goings on in Mexico. Um, I hate i love it that they slept together i love it love it 
I Kyle, knew you would. And this time it was Kyle who fucked it up. And I have an argument for why. Who, the line about being used. He scared the shit out of Isabel. Why would you say that, Kyle? I know it's supposed to be a throwback to when he said, use me, use me to Liz in season one. Blah, blah, blah. But she obviously freaked out and thought he was serious because she's a moron too. They're both stupid. But damn, the visual of them in bed together. Sorry. That was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. Good job, Roswell. I do love that Isabel is absolutely like thirsty when it comes to Kyle. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yes. yes. But I, I I think on a practical level, I think it makes sense. I think Kyle, I think that they, this is what happens when you rush, you know, they rush into it without talking about it, without doing any of that. They sort of, they fell victim to sort of this base desire that they had. Not that there's anything wrong with that. So now granted, would I love a little bit of a misunderstanding if we had more time? Yes. Like I, it is getting down to the wire. I want them to be together as long as possible or whatever, but you got to love a little spice, right? A, lo- a little a little pining, a little fan fiction kind of thing. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I think I think you and I, Amanda, both saw this coming when we were discussing the last episode. We were like, I mean, it's Roswell. There's no way we're going to get like happy ending right away. Um, oh, oh ne- never. We're never going to. Uh, I think it makes sense. I am glad that they, um, that Kyle actually brought up his feelings to Isabel and they didn't wait to have that scene um, because everything is out in the open now. So it's really about um, Isabel processing what happened with Anansa, what's happened with Kyle. I'm ready to see some awkward Isabel scenes where she's awkward around Kyle. I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see it. But I I, I do think it will be pretty quick. Like she will get to, you know, understanding her feelings like, pretty quick I, i'd say in the like, like next couple of episodes i think so too. i agree i agree but i loved his his little speech his confession amazing i would have no willpower like i mean like i don't care that i just gotta have a relationship fucking who cares like i would have i'm actually impressed at isabel that she valued their friendship enough to take pause, right? And like be, she's kind of being a grown up about this, which is pissing me off, right? Because I'm like, am I, I don't think I'm a grown up because if Kyle were in front of me saying that, I'd be like, oh, I don't give a fuck. You wouldn't even throw it all out. No, I wouldn't even have to finish it. I would be completely naked. Like, okay, we're good to go. (laughs) Like, like, let's go. And so I'm I'm actually very proud of Isabel for maybe not sort of freaking out and being an idiot in some ways, but but realizing that this is a big deal. This is a big step. I uh, If Kyle Valenti came up to me and said, all I can think about is you, I'd just like- I would expire. melt into a puddle of like goo on the floor. Um, his, his little line where he's like, ask me to wait. Yeah. that whole scene was out of the thick and I love it um they're gonna get married you, you know at this point it's like how much more time is are we having Kyle wait like he, he's waited for Liz for a long time 
is waited for Steph awkwardly for a long time. And now we're having him wait for someone else. It is kind of cute that, you know, all major relationships kind of have small or, or big parallels with Echo. So you do have the parallel of like Max waiting for Liz all of this time. So um, I do, I, every time that a, a smaller, in quotes, relationship uh, is compared to Echo and is given that sort of like status, I guess, compared to the main relationship of the show, I'm, I'm really happy. And I just, I know that they're not officially together yet and we have a little bit more drama to go, but I just, I'm going to say this probably every day until I die. Again, Kyle and Isabel's relationship the, the, that we've seen from the very beginning to now is the most remarkable thing on the show. But also, Kyle, independently of Kyle and Isabel, Kyle's journey and Isabel's journey, Kyle's is, you know, journey from like a homophobic dickbag in high school to being in love with this like flamboyantly, you know, bisexual, pansexual alien and being respectful of her relationship that she was in and like being this like really like perfect man, right? Like perfect heterosexual man, question mark. So like it, it and then of course we, we've talked nonstop about Isabel's growth. So I like that really this show kind of feels like it's about the two of them, like separately and together. And it's just kiss at a sunset and like get married. Yeah, I have to agree. They, at this point, you know, with Alex gone, they're my favorite part of the show. And even when I'm frustrated, 100,000%. Yep. Even when I'm frustrated with it, like it's my favorite part of watching an episode until Alex comes back and there's our big dramatic keynote. Alex is never coming back. I'm sorry. Alex is gone. We had Malix. We got Malix for a minute. I hate to bring it to you guys. I have insider knowledge. Alex isn't coming back. I'm convinced. I'm fucking convinced. Did he die in the quicksand? I don't know. Something. I'm starting to think it was a fever dream that he ever existed. That like maybe I just need to go somewhere because I don't Our think Malik's ever existed. Exactly. Okay, let's pivot over and talk about um, the Valenti of it all, Amanda. <laughs> I don't um, care. I don't care about Eduardo, and I don't care about his daughter, and I don't care, and I'm so sorry. I know people yeah. care. As one of my notes is, is about them. It says as Warder and Sonia's like, why do we care? They keep giving us these characters that they want us to care about. Listen, I have my own daddy issues. My favorite characters all have their own daddy issues. I don't have time for Sonia's daddy issues. I don't know her. I don't know him. I don't. He existed as like purely just a cute decoration, a deep sky. I didn't need to know him any further. Like, mm. Quit trying to make Eduardo happen. We haven't had enough time with him. I do not care about the relationship. So all that like interaction they had and it was supposed to be sad and all that, I was just like, this could be Alex and Michael time. <laughs> this could be literally anyone else time. Yeah. Kyle and Isabel. Yeah, that scene that I have when he shows up and he cries at the door and Kyle and Isabel are there the whole time. Don't care. Like, why the should most like, over dramatic? It did, it did kind of remind me of that sort of like telenovela sort of overdramatic soap opera, which actually I kind of love. 
but their whole entire speech to one another and like this whole I also just realized I said that as the whitest person in the whole world but you all know what I mean um it but that it's so dramatic and out of place that it you're like I don't know what's happening right now this came out of nowhere and can can I just ask so was Eduardo just sitting at that bar drinking all day because yeah, I left him in a you whole are, bunch of stuff happened. You're being awfully judgy because I've sat in a bar and drank all day out of sadness. So like, we'll, we'll leave Eduardo alone on that one. I get it, brother. I get it. I just, it looks like he didn't move for like eight hours. Was it, was it the Valentis bar? Taverna yeah. or something? I so. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so his family, whatever. He, yeah, maybe it's probably he, fine. You know. Okay. Know. It was doing Valentis things. If it had just, if it was someone that we have known for this whole time, and this was like a big breakthrough of finding his daughter, right? Like, good God, like, right? I would, I probably would have been crying. But considering I still look at her and see Tesca, and considering I am confused by her existence, I, I don't know. I, did, I didn't have a whole lot of feeling about it. So, oh well. Also, glad- somehow they've over explained everything about the two of them. And still, I have no idea <laughs> why they're angry at each other, what she's supposed to be or do. Like, can you over-explain in a I way that I should understand what we're doing, please? The only thing I got out of it is that Eduardo chose Deep Sky over her. That is literally the bare minimum of what I got out of that. Great. Awesome. You know, like, that's all I can understand. Anything else, I'm like, I don't know. We're just, I feel like we're retconning characters we just met. How is that possible? There's more secret Valentes. It's just never ending. And can we back the one secret Valenti that we actually care about, please? Please. Is she alive? I don't know. Apparently, she is, according to everyone, back back next, next episode. I will believe it when I see it. Oh, she's in the stills. Come on. I don't know. I don't lie until I see her talk. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't trust I don't. them. Um, and then real quick, so we're getting Eduardo and Kyle going after Allie. So I hope this means that we're going to stop being teased and we can finally have OG Liz. Because um, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I want to see her. I want to know what she's up to. Maybe and- they just couldn't pay her for the whole season and they only had her for a few episodes and that's why we haven't seen her we got so much from og max so yeah which when i think about it i mean i guess he was only in three or four episodes total um so maybe it really wasn't that much it felt like it was more but hopefully we have just as much time with her i think it felt like more because he was very integral to the story also, mm-hmm. she just, it makes me feel old to see them. So I'm good, actually. You know what? I don't want to see them because I feel <laughs> 600 years old when they come on screen and they clearly look like they're in their 40s, almost 50. I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't need this. Go away. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our absolute favorite characters, Bonnie and Clyde and Tesca. Um, so my whole takeaway from the episode is that Bonnie is Roswell's version of Rogue. She can't touch or kiss anybody or she takes away their powers. Um, I actually, I know that she's 
I know she's very frustrating and vexing. I'm more interested in her now in this episode than I have been up to now. Here's the only thing that I'm going to say about it is that I find her reasoning to be bullshit. I think that she's a liar. I think that we don't, and I think that's the point, right? She's playing her part well. I don't think this is a bad thing, but she makes me uncomfy. Like when it was, because I justified the kiss with Michael, right? Like, because to me, it did make sense. Like she was what we thought was being very vulnerable with Michael. It sort of made sense. I got it. Her explanation to Michael made no flipping sense. And I'm sorry. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch it a little less anger this time. Um, But I don't understand like protecting Michael. I'm like, what are you, who are you? Like what's So you know that we're missing a lot of information because none of it's making any sense. And I just, maybe, I don't know, having it come that her, that, that ability to take away their power coming out. Why does it have to be a kiss? I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, because I think, you know, um, first of all, yes, I think we've said this a a few times for a few episodes now that I personally think they're, you know, double playing Michael, both of them. Like, Clyde is more obvious, but I think Bonnie's doing it too. Um, I think the rogue parallel that Sarah brought up in X-Men, Rogue cannot touch anyone, which obviously makes you feel for her because, like, she's so touch-starved by, like, half of the first... I talk about movies because I haven't read the comics, but, like, the first movie. Um, and you feel for her, like, obviously. Um, and with Bonnie, like you said, Amanda, it's just a kiss. It's a kiss. It's not touching people. Like, if it, if it had been touching people... I would have, I think I would have empathized with her a little right. more because it's like, right. The God, kiss- this person cannot like physically touch anyone and she's right. pretending or she does care about Michael. I don't know. Either way. A kiss just brings she- an element into it that we didn't need into it, right? Because it, yeah. it gives, because it's not set up like a platonic kiss. It's set up mm-hmm. like the, the, the Bonnie and Max kiss made me even more uncomfortable than the Michael and Bonnie kiss because he knowingly wa- walked into it and said, absolutely, put your lips on me, strange woman. Whereas with the Michael thing, he was sort of taken aback and he immediately was like, oh, no, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Max willingly did it. And that's just weird to me. I don't know of any version of Max that would willingly do that. Now, it depends on what your definition is of cheating or whatever, I mean, you know, whatever, but that it just it got weird with that part of it especially with max yeah and why does it have to be like a mouth-to-mouth kiss did she kiss her mom on the mouth and that's how she took her powers is like, there time i don't know i couldn't watch but forehead like it just okay. it, i think the touch thing like mix said, i think that would have just i think it would have been more poignant more mm-hmm. it would have it would have brought a lot an element to it that was a, a little bit easier to digest than the weird kissing thing Let's talk about um, Max and Bonnie a little bit more. We touched on it earlier in the episode, but there was a lot to unpack there in the scenes that they shared, particularly, you know, the jailhouse and then the scene at the end. And well, before we talk about Bonnie and Max, so the part that about Max and Liz, that was weird. Okay. So he goes to Bonnie and says, because he, 
now can't touch Liz. Okay, rewind. Why are they trying to do it in the police station right after this big dramatic showdown, first of all? Second of all, so I guess now they can't touch, which I'm sure, I don't know how we jumped to that all of a sudden, whatever. But instead of, I guess what pisses me off is that once again, instead of just having a conversation, Max is the most dramatic little bitch in the whole world. And he just thought, well, can't touch Liz. Surely can't rely on her scientific knowledge to figure this out. Just got to burn the whole world down and get rid of all my powers. No conversation, no, no bringing Liz into the fold. No thinking of alternatives. It was just, well, all done. It's season one, Max. It's season one, Max. It's literally, they've had this same conversation in like episode four of season one. Three, maybe. Like he hurts her in season one. Yep. Because he's horny. And now it's the same thing. Like how, first of all, how have you not learned to control your powers yet, dude? Like, I know it's new powers, but if you'd learn how to control your first power, Practice. Be with your powers like Michael does, right? Like, Michael puts a lot more effort into understanding his powers, and and Isabel does too. I just, I don't know if Max lives in some sort of fantasy world, but on who, whose brain makes the leap that he made with the woman he says he wants to propose to. Yeah. What? You want to build first... a life with this person, but you don't consult her on a life-altering decision? Yeah. And the first, like, the first thing he jumps to is, oh, obviously we cannot be together. Like, I cannot touch you. Obviously, no, we need to break up. You dramatic. What over dramatic? Don't ever. Don't, I don't want to hear anyone ever talk about Michael being the most dramatic alien ever again. Because that scene... Proves it all wrong. Yeah. Good God, Max. And I think, like, this is really nothing, no importance whatsoever, but the thing that kind of, I don't know if it's me not paying attention, but Bonnie and Max at the end of the episode, I was like, why is she at his house now? Like, he was mad. He was yelling at her, like, five minutes ago. Why, why is he protecting her now? No, this is what, I think that's what drives me the most crazy about all these new dynamics with the new aliens is that I'm not, and I think it's because we don't know their intentions yet, right? Like, like like you said, they're probably double crossing everyone, but I don't know, everyone's relationship is really weird right now. Like, I don't really understand why Bonnie would be protective over Michael. I don't understand why Max seems to, is like forgiving Bonnie so quickly, or I don't know. I'm confused by the whole thing. All right, let's talk about uh, Tesca and Max and that showdown in the jail. Um, and then also like all the Mindscape stuff. And is that the last episode? Or was that this episode? I watched them back to back. Don't remember. I love you so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I think the Mindscape was last episode, but I think there was a scene in this one as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, um, the the showdown with them was interesting. Um, I still feel like they're building Max up to be a bad guy. I I fully expect him to team up with Tesco. No, I think think they're they're clumsily trying to make the message of 
everyone's good and bad on the inside and no one's all good and all bad right like I think that that's their like weird Disney message that they have maybe I don't know or or I think that they're so just obsessed with making Max into this like multi-dimensional you know multifaceted character when never a more basic bitch has ever lived in this world so I think that that's why it feels weird because we had what could have been a multi-dimensional character in Jones but what we what we have now is is uh, that's what makes it weird I don't think he's gonna end up being the bad guy I just think they're gonna make some awkward messages about him I don't know he's the one that wore white where I'm like wore black you know all that shit so yeah I agree I think I still don't care about Tesca. You know, I don't care about the other aliens. Um, I feel like they are, ironically, making her into a, like, Disney-esque villain right now. Um, And at this point, like, six episodes in, if she had any other reasoning behind it, I just, I don't care. Like, at least with Bonnie and a little bit with Clyde, they've tried to like make you empathize with them you know and and show you like obviously they probably dropped double crossing our aliens but um they've tried to have the audience kind of a build a relationship with these two characters so by the time we have inevitably shown that they're not what they're trying to look as um the audience has some kind of reaction to that. And with Tesca, they're just, they're not even trying to do that. So I don't, I don't care. And now we've got a whole new Tesca face to deal with and like absorb into my memory. I'm like, I'm sorry, Tesca in my mind looks like Sonia. And well, so when, when she changed and we got real Tesca, I'm like, I've got to remember what she looks like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think it, it, it's the one thing that does make sense to me because I was, I've was i been wondering for a few episodes. Like, I think we've known that she's a shapeshifter for a couple of episodes now. And it was always in the back of my mind when we knew who Sonia was and that she had her face. Um, what does Tesca actually look like? Will she ever be back to her own face? So... I don't know. That was, for me, kind of satisfying to see. Oh, I'm glad that they did that. Um, I will love forever Liz and the Machete. What a, what, a, what an excellent choice. What a weird, um, like, horror movie kind of twist, right? To not only have the Machete, but, you know, have Tesca rebound from it. And you think, oh, it didn't work. And then Liz is like, listen up, bitch. You know, kind of one of those. That's like a very classic horror movie thing, science fiction. So that was really cool. That was probably, there's Liz, right? There's the Liz that we've been waiting on. There there she is. It only took six episodes to get her to really show up. Yeah, my note said something like, finally, badass Liz. It's like, this is what we've been waiting for to come exactly. back. Um, and apparently we're, we're, we're waiting for her to come back to murder people. Or yeah. try to murder people. I like this it. Is the, this is the Liz that punched Noah in the face. Like, yeah. And can I say, I know that it, it wasn't going to happen and it wasn't going to make sense to the narrative, 
But in that moment when Tesco was shape-shifting to her real form, I was like, what if it's Noah? And totally random, knew it wasn't going to happen. Listen, but, I'm always going to have a little bit of hope that Noah comes back, right? This is right. Especially for what it would present for Isabel, which is horrible, but kind of, you know, it's good drama. Um, so I, I feel you on that. I'm always just kind of hoping he's around the corner. Every time they talk about Ephiakis, I'm just, yeah. I'm holding out hope that Noah's going to make an appearance before the end of the series. Yeah, yeah and so- I put it in the outline and it's in my notes. It's just every time, like it says Ophiacus and then in all caps, it just says Noah. Yeah. That's just who she is. Every time I mention it, I just want him back just for a minute. Yeah, I was so sad when they said um, Afikas is not a person. It's like a group. I don't, I don't know. It's an ideal or something like that. And I was like, no, I want to know about <laughs> Like, obviously still as his villainous self because now he cannot exist in the show as anything else, which I'll always be sad about. But um I, I do like this being the last season it will be great to have like Karen back just as an actor he's an amazing actor so and that comment that Bonnie made about him saying you know he's the person that does things no one else wants to do so like they knew him I I just I just want him back just you know just for an episode even to kind of call back to the first season and so apparently we're never going to get an explanation for what the alighting is. <laughs> I'm so confused. I just need to know. I need to know what it is. Stop dragging it out. You can build up to it and give us some kind of idea of what it actually is. Well, it's, it has to do with descending. So who's descending? Like alighting just means to descend from something so is somebody coming is that what they mean by the alighting is someone who i'm so confused about who 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 we're missing um unless because who else could descend at this point we've had jones we've had these aliens i don't know who we're waiting on or what we're waiting on i really don't know and if ophiacus isn't a person it's not ophiacus so is it, it is it all related to ally i mean i really truly have no idea unless it's like the way noah talked about it in the first season it sounded like it was i guess quote-unquote colonization in the sense that they would be preparing the planet for the rest of the people from oasis to come to earth i guess that's kind of been well, my it's something, and it's something biblical right like there's yeah. a, a biblical aspect to a, a lighting and it's an old artist art history term too uh-huh. i mean it's got to mean something i mean it's got to it's got to but i don't uh-huh. i don't know it's got a lot of connotation guess, to it i guess at this point i'm wondering is like does oasis still exist like are there still people there where they all on the ship and where they're all like they're either dead or they were in in, in Caulfield or whatever, and they exploded in season one. Um, are there more? Like, uh, I don't know. Well, and with, you know, Liz and Max apparently like being the key or whatever, I have to think that it's some kind of, you know, connection between the Oasians and humans. I mean, that's just kind of what my thought process is. But 
they've dragged it out long enough with absolutely zero explanation as to what it is that we need like something, just some crumbs of what this is. Because Which again is so funny because so many of these episodes are, are just like, I'm telling you what this all is about. I'm well, like, tell us okay, what we want to know. Tell me. <laughs> tell, me. <laughs> tell me. If you want to tell and not show, then fucking tell me what any of this means. Like that's the, that's the biggest irony about Roswell. So like you're telling me things that I want to be shown and you're not telling me things I want you to tell me. Like it's the weirdest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I uh, do want to mention, no worries, Elena's comment really quickly about the blue flame and treasure cave being very Disney-esque. Now, when I look at Max with the blue flame, I'm just going to picture him as Hades. I was just yeah. thinking about that. <laughs> exactly. They wanted Prince he, Eric what he was with Hades. Yeah. He will never be, you know, that level of iconic. No. Mm-hmm. You'd have um, to have a person. Have You'd a have to have a personality. Jones could be. <laughs> Jones could be Hades. Max could not. Um, I do have a question. And so now that we know that Tesca's a shapeshifter, and she was shapeshifting into Sonia Valenti, that last scene in season three when she's taken to Allie and she doesn't seem to know anything that that's going on. So are we to assume that that took place after she got out of the pod and shapeshifted into Sonia and put Sonia in the pod and all and all this, and then she went to Allie because she looked they, like Sonia? I think they just didn't have season four written out. Yeah, I don't. The, the actors yeah. that they had available. I, I agree. I think they just sort of put them together in, in vaguely suspicious, you know, um, circumstances and sort of made it very foreboding. And hope to God that it made sense later on. <laughs> Sounds like Roswell. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so to wrap things up a little bit, we had um, two more comments from No Worries, Elena. You know, she was talking about the aliens losing their powers. I think we've kind of all touched on how we feel about this. Um, I don't think that they're gone forever. And, but it's. I think it's fabulous that they lost their powers, right? Like, I think it's great ex- exercise and characterization, right? Michael needs to learn that he has value outside of what he can do for other people. Max realize, realize, needs to realize that uh, he is overvalued himself and his abilities and his powers, right? Um, so I don't think that it's a bad thing necessarily, you know, and as we talked about earlier, my problem is really just how they lost their powers, Um but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that they did lose their powers as long as they get them back somehow, right? I don't know. Yeah, and I think I agree. And at this point, I think they will. I mean, Maria lost her powers. Michael lost her powers. Max is going to. Um, another trio. And, another trio. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think Trinity. Isabel necessarily will. Maybe, yes. I don't know. Um, but I mean, Liz... Liz has taken their powers away, like has found a way to take their powers away in the past. And I think she'll find a way to give them back. At this point, it's just too many people without their powers. That's, and I think that's the frustrating part with Max, right? That's why I was saying, like, go to Liz. Yeah. Liz, I know, can figure this out and, and give us a glimpse of old Liz again. You know, mm-hmm. give us a, give her a reason, something to focus on. Yeah. I think I, th- I saw a comment after watching the episode um, that was like, no, yeah, sure. Now we have like half of our 
aliens without their powers just as we as we're going into like the showdown with the new aliens were so powerful i'm like yeah this is going well killing i find that interesting though i think it's an interesting twist because now they've got to be a little more resourceful in these conflicts that they have they can't just depend on on Michael and Max and kind well, of well, and we just had proof that it works, right? Liz got, took down Tesca, mm-hmm. not took down Tesca, but like an aspect of Tesca using just like human ingenuity. Is that the word? I love? Anyway, um, and you know, just using her brain. So I mean, it can be done. Uh, you know, maybe that's probably the argument they want to show them as full fledged characters without this like supernatural power. Yeah, but I like their power. Again, I'm confused as to why she would have to get that from Bonnie's DNA. I think that's that's how she worked it into like no the virus. She got it from the virus in Michael's body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Um, and that's how she took down Tesco when she already created a serum. Maybe maybe she just just didn't want to kill Tesco, but like. That's my assumption is that, uh, you know, with a machete. I mean, yeah, but she didn't kill her with a machete. Just like casually took a chunk out of her. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so confused. It's, it's, it's like Make, we're, we're, we're almost four forget. years. We're almost four years into the show. Like we're going to be confused until the very last credit yeah. rolls on the last episode. So I feel you on that. Um, I just, we can cut this out, but I just have one thing to say, and it's just, it takes me out of the show when it happens. How many different places are they going to use that barn for? Thank you for saying it. Um, it who, it's I, like the 14th set. That every time I'm like, it's the same barn. I know that the CW doesn't have any money. I know that they're in debt, right? I get that. That's the running joke, right? But sweet Christ. Do we have to like, use the same thing over and over again? At least don't show the outside of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like we can at least pretend people reuse sets all the time. That's fine. Yeah. But don't make it so obvious. But, and also like they use the barn for the um, church kind of thing where um, Theo and um, Dallas planted the, the tree. And it's like, that is the same like are we acting as it if it's the same barn that Bronson was in or are we not like do you just all have the same barn in Roswell like just one well, and we had the showdown with the the militia and we had the the awkward double date and it's just everything possible that takes place in some remote location takes place in that barn yeah at least decorated differently <laughs> Beat it. I don't know. Uh, okay. Do we have anything else to talk about? All right. Let's go to favorite parts. Uh, Amanda, you go first. Um, uh, probably Kyle and Isabel because, you know, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've wanted. I love a good miscommunication trope because it's all so fucking stupid and it's in every fic I've ever loved. Um, and it's just, it's just Kyle saying something stupid and then Isabel saying something stupid back. 
And here we exist. And, and, and my only hope is obviously, like we talked about, that they don't drag it out too far. But man, I love a good mis- miscommunication. So, and, and they're just hot together. I'm sorry. If you can't get to a surface that is not the floor, then you know you got it bad, right? Like I'm fat and old. I'm going to make it to a surface that's comfortable. They were just like, fuck it. We got to fuck somewhere. And I appreciate that. Okay, so I don't want to say the same thing. So I'll say Michael and Dallas and Maria and getting that Michael and Maria dynamic back. Okay, you guys. Oh, sure. Both- have the have the grown up response. You know, you you can have the grown up one. <laughs> I just didn't want to repeat what you just said. Nick is the youngest one of us, but she's the most mature. Absolutely. Perhaps. Um, y'all took both of mine. So hold on. I got to think. Um, I'm going to say the stuff with Dallas and Theo, the memories and Dallas discovering that with Isabel and the, the scene leading up to him mindscaping with her. I liked all of that. I really like Dallas and Isabel's dynamic. So, and I love that. I love that Dallas is getting to know his father. Totally agree. I just wish I could understand it all <laughs> like I just wish that at the end of the episode I you know I'm like why are we you know but I do Dallas is again anything that Dallas does is worth watching I wholeheartedly agree all right well that is our recap of episode six uh, we will be back next week to recap episode seven in the meantime you can find us on twitter instagram and tumblr at queer alien blast send us your comments and thoughts for the episodes we love discussing them and we will see you guys next week bye